1: Are listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. I am Jordan Hall and as always I am joined by the dynamic Joe Fordyce, our Flyers pre- and post-game live producer. Joe, General Manager Chuck Fletcher addressed the media today in his typical mid-season state of the address um, that he always holds annually uh, and it just so happened to come off of Probably the team's newest low in March, a 4-3 loss to the Devils. The Flyers are 15-12-4, and and they've regressed in many, many areas. And I think one of the troubling things is not only had they regressed from last season to this season, a season that had a ton of expectations, but they've regressed throughout the season. I think it would be one thing if they started slowly and then were starting to look more and more like last year's team, but it's been the opposite. They started, well, at least record-wise, and now they're, they're seriously regressing. Um, and Chuck Fletcher addressed a slew of topics today. Uh, but, Joe, I think when teams struggle like this, when teams have expectations and they don't meet them at the halfway point of the season, a lot of times it becomes a blame game. Where does the blame fall uh, most? Joe, I want to ask you, do you think this falls mostly on the general manager do you think it falls on Elaine Vigneault and the coaching staff? Is this on the players? Is it everyone? But where, if you could put, you put your finger on one where it falls on most? Uh, what is it for you?
0: Well, I think there's enough blame to spread around here, Jordan. But if you, I, I think it's, I personally would put the blame on the players. Outside of Matt Niskanen not being here, this is the same group we saw in the bubble. Plus Nolan Patrick and Oscar Lindblom who weren't. Well, Lindblom, you know, played a little bit, but, you know, he really wasn't a factor in the bubble and he's a factor this year, as we just saw with his recent um, run of goals. Um, I put the blame on the players um, because these players, they played together at the beginning of the season. Um, They beat good teams at the beginning of the season. And nobody was asking whether this team would make the playoffs. It would just be, it was just a question of what seed would they be now Almost every single game, there are stretches of the game, if not entire games, where this team appears to be a team with the wheels of coming off. And um, I think that way, they, they looked that way last night. They got four da- down four ones to the Devils. Uh, there was sloppy play in their own zone, zone, own zone. bad turnovers, guys missing the net. Um, so I, I think you have to put a lot of that on the players. Now, that would be my biggest one. Um, I think some of this falls on the GM because uh, the, to me, and I've said this on a previous podcast, when you hear the words by committee in terms of replacing somebody in any sport, it's always, it's always going to fail. You don't, you know, you don't replace a star with three guys that are just guys. That doesn't work that way. It's not, it, you know, Uh, it's not a sum of the parts. So if you take three average to slightly above average players and add them together, it doesn't equal a star because they're not on the ice at the same time. So I'm not, I don't even say Matt Niskin is a star. He was relied on, on this team much more than he had been on the previous teams that he played in and played on in his career. So I I really think that is part of the problem Um, to, to say you're going to, by committee, replace your top pair defenseman, I don't think is a good approach. And then with coaching, I mean, maybe some of these guys get tired of, uh, you know, the lineup being shuffled all the time. And, you know, I was thinking about this today last night, we saw a guy like Nolan Patrick who has really not been producing this year. He was playing on the top power play unit. Now, if you're a guy, a, a, a guy like Scott Lawton, or, you know, a, a guy that's, out there playing hard that's produced this season, and you see Nolan Patrick playing on the top power play, do do you kind of start looking at each other sideways? Like, what's going on here? Like, why doesn't he get a shot at the top power play? And I'm not saying – I'm not putting words in Scott's mouth. I'm saying, hypothetically, could guys lower in the lineup be looking at and saying, why am I not getting that opportunity? Um, I I feel like those kinds of conversations – can happen when the lineup changes, you know, rather consistently, which it has in, uh, in recent weeks for about the last month, I would say.
1: Yeah, I think everyone would agree. Blame goes around to everyone. Um, and general manager Chuck Fletcher said, you know, he took accountability today. He, he said, hey, it starts with me. I'm, I'm, I'm the person that's mostly responsible for the direction of the team. Um, and so it starts with me. And then he said, "But listen, we're still we're still in a playoff battle, and you know we believe we can stay in it and 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 improve and make the playoffs. So it's not like he's waving the white flag and and giving up on the season. And I I think he they I think the Flyers have reasons to believe they can make a run. Like it's not like they're in last place. They're not the Sabers. They're not the Devils. Um, They've dug themselves a hole, and it's not looking pretty. But there's no reason why they shouldn't believe that they can play out this season and give it a go, give it a shot. But I'm with you, Joe. For me, it just, I think it falls mostly on the players. I, I would be really upset with Chuck Fletcher and Elaine Vigneault if the team wasn't good last year and Fletcher um, was complacent in the offseason after a disappointing season and that Elaine Vigneault didn't do anything to change um, a bad season last year. But the Flyers were pretty good last year. They had one of their best seasons in probably 10 plus years. And, and, and then There was genuine excitement going into this year because because the Flyers were going to be trusting a lot of their youth. Uh, They were going to be uh, getting Oscar Lindblom back, and people were excited about that. They were getting Nolan Patrick back, and they were going to give him a very nice role to start the season, and people were excited about that. For for a long time, fans have clamored for the Flyers to play their youth. Like, finally, can we see these kids play? And the Flyers did that. They didn't re-sign Tyler Pitlick. They didn't bring back a Derek Rainer and Nate Thompson. They lost Matt Niskanen, um, and they were trusting guys like Nicholas Albe kubel Joel Farabee, Nolan Patrick, Oscar Lindblom, Philip Myers, Travis Sanheim. They were allowing these kids to come in here, grab roles, and push them forward, and it just hasn't happened. It hasn't happened. Um, So to me, I thought the Flyers were set up nicely. I think there was a reason why a lot of fans were excited going into this season. There wasn't a ton of complaining. I think there was concerns about Matt Niskanen, and I had them too. A hundred percent. I was concerned about how they were replacing that guy, but Hey, he retired, he retired. And you got to allow a player to do that. When a player wants to say, Hey, it's, it's time, it's time. Um, and they had difficulty replacing him uh, in a really challenging offseason. But to me, it falls mostly on the players. I think they've regressed. Like you said, Joe, it is mostly the same team, mostly the same team outside of Matt Niskanen. It's a big hole, but they lost a lot of role guys like Tyler Pellick, Derek Grant, A Thompson, um, And and, and they were filling them with some exciting young players that were that were progressing last season. And just they haven't fulfilled what the Flyers had hoped. And it's why they've taken steps back. Um, I don't think they've taken a huge step back, but they have taken a step back. And that's disappointing. And I think the fans have all the right to be disappointed. This team uh, came a game away from the Eastern Conference final last year and probably had their biggest expectations since the year they went to the Stanley Cup uh, in the season after that going into that season. So fans had the right to be disappointed, but I really don't pin this on Chuck Fletcher, like sitting on his hands and not putting together a nice looking team going into the season. And I don't put it on a lame Vigneault a ton. I think he's trying just about everything. Um, he's dealt the hand uh, that he was dealt and he's, and he's trying to make the best of it. We'll have to see if the Flyers can get better, but I think they do need help. Um, but yeah, I, I think fans were excited and, and heck they started at 11, four and three. People were abuzz when they were 2-0-0 and they, and they did work on the Penguins in those first two games. Uh, it, it's taking a turn and, and, and everyone needs to take accountability and get it turned back in the right direction. Flyers Talk is brought to you by Great Railing. Stop into Great Railing for the highest quality and lowest prices on all your railing, decking, and fencing needs. Joe, I wanted to ask you this. This is a no-excuse business. Uh, it's a results-driven business, just like pro sports across the board. And I and I get that. But this truly is a unique, challenging, unprecedented season. It really, really is. This season's occurring during the coronavirus pandemic, something um, – none of us have ever seen. Uh, people that work in all professions, all humans, we have not seen anything like this. And I think everyone knows the emotional toll it can take on a human being, this pandemic and and what it forces us to do in terms of isolating, not being around people, staying inside, uh, basically changing the entire way we live our lives. And and that was the topic of conversation with Chuck Fletcher today, was how much of this season has, has taken a toll on on um, particularly your younger players, maybe young single guys that are living by themselves and can't do things to get away from the game, to maybe rebuild their minds, to, to not uh, have it tax on them uh, emotionally. Uh, you just can't do that as much as you probably would in normal times where you can maybe go out, be with teammates, see family and friends. Um, and he was asked, is this taking a toll on some of your younger players? And I thought that was a very fair question. And he admitted, yeah, it probably is taking a toll more on the younger players than it is particularly our married guys that have families and they can go home and maybe feel a little bit of normalcy there. It made me wonder, like, at the end of this season, uh, if it doesn't go the Flyers' way, well, eventually you just look back and say, you know what? That was just a really weird season, a really weird year with 56 games where they never got their wheels going. Um, Everyone was dealing with it, young guys, and particularly the goalie, the 22-year-old in net, it looked like it got the best of him. I wonder if, that, if we'll eventually just chalk it up to that. Um, not that that's an excuse, but I think it's it's reality, that, that that's um, what everyone is dealing with. Do you feel like that's fair, Joe?
0: Um, yes and no. I mean, obviously the effects can't be argued with. Um, in all walks of life, this situation has had an effect on everyone. So hockey players are no different. No athletes in any sport are different. However, I will say that I don't know that they're talking about this in places like Chicago where they're having a better season than they expected or, you know, uh, places like Vegas where, you know, they're at the top of a league or Washington even. Um, You know, I don't I don't know that they're discussing. They're talking about things like that. I mean, this is a results driven business. So winning covers up a lot of things. I know that's a cliche, but it does. It covers up a lot of things and I think when when you're in a rut and the Flyers are I don't think they would argue that they're in one right now this is when these kind of conversations start happening the 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 mental toll it takes on this guy and that guy and sort of uh, you know um, having to stay in hotel your hotel room on the road and you're not allowed to leave and everybody's got to do this and follow all these protocols yeah if you're losing and you add all that stuff to it, it's, gonna, it's going to magnify the effects. But again, they're not the only team dealing with this. And you mentioned something about, you know, they're not out of it. They aren't. I mean, let's, let's think about how we started on this podcast here. We started talking about it's virtually the same team. And the start they got off, remember, they got off to that start. Many of those games without Sean Couturier, he was out of the lineup. And they were able to get off to that kind of start and they beat the Islanders. They beat the penguins. It wasn't like they just ran through and destroyed the devils and sabers for all those wins. That's not the way things went in the beginning of the season. So this is the same group. This is the same goaltender that had back-to-back shutouts in the playoffs and the bubble in Toronto. Um, We know what these guys are capable of. So there's no reason to think, Oh, all hope is lost. That's not, that's not the way anybody should be approaching it. I think the concerning part is this team has taken on this identity where things like games snowball on them very quickly. And you just feel like a goal goes in and you're like, okay, you feel like, like last night, you felt like the devils were going to get that next goal. And then they were going to get that next goal. And I don't ever feel like having after one, one, I don't remember having the feeling like, Oh man, the flyers are going to tie this game. It just didn't feel that way. It didn't have that kind of feel. And I think that's what, what I meant earlier when I said like they resemble a team where the wheels are falling off. I mean, guys are just playing the boards, throwing the puck up. You have Travis connect looking like he's kind of cherry picking he's curling to go the other way when the flyers don't even have possession. Um, They're just, it's, they don't appear to be a cohesive unit at this time. And I think that is what's most troubling. But I have no doubt that this group of guys can get things together. They've already shown that they can and make a run at this thing. And particularly, I feel like this is a big opportunity that they're missing right now with Boston kind of stuck in neutral with their COVID situation. And we really don't know what the future of, of like, what that holds when they're getting back on the ice.
1: Yeah, and it made me think about just the weirdness of this season too. When Justin Braun spoke uh, before Tuesday's game, a guy that's been on a ton of playoff teams uh, in San Jose, and so he knows about uh, teams having tough months and then overcoming them and making the playoffs and and the big picture, grand scheme, all of that fun stuff. And he said, "Listen, hey, we had we didn't have a great start last year either, and then we really clicked in January, which is true. Like the Flyers looked like world beaters from January on, but." about it that's that's a lot that's what three months that's october november december and then they really clicked and they had the room for that this year you just don't have that flexibility or runway it's 56 games and it's it just makes me think of like you're going to be pondering so many things at the end of the season if it doesn't go well like hey well would we have found our game um if we just had a regular season uh what we have what we have gone through that stretch um, or would we have forgotten that stretch had we had an 82 game season to figure it out? Um,
0: it's you know, just
1: those things that I just wonder if we're going to ponder that a ton.
0: Yeah, and, and I, I think it, a, a huge factor here is it, that they're not getting close to the goaltending no. that they anticipated coming into the season. I mean, you tweeted it out the other night. It, they're they're Ottawa's the only team that's worse than them in terms of goals allowed per game. That is hard to believe. And when you look at that stat and you look at uh, how close they are in striking distance to a playoff spot, it's almost like you should be thankful that you're even within reach of a playoff spot when, when you look at those stats and you're giving up that many goals per game. Al Morgani has said it several times as well as Scott Hartnell on our shows, if you have to score five goals a game to win a night, that's an exhausting way to play a season and an exhausting amount of pressure to put – on these players when you go into a game knowing we got to light the other goalie up or we have no chance. That's not a good feeling to have going into a game. And I don't think that's a recipe for any team winning anything.
1: No. And yeah, they've been outscored Joe uh, in March. In the first period, they've been outscored 20 to nine. Like that is just, you can't, you can't do that. They're falling behind games consistently, not one, nothing, not, you know, scoreless at intermission. They're falling behind in uh, multiple goal leads, uh, multiple goal deficits. And uh, yeah, it's, it's an, like you said, it's an exhausting way to play because you're scrapping and clawing all game to come back. Uh, a lot of times it leads to blowouts because you're chasing the game and you open yourselves up. It's just not a good way to play. And um, as much as we want to say, yeah, maybe this team figures it out down the stretch. Uh, I will say, I don't think the Flyers have had a month like this. Uh, they didn't have a month like this last season. Uh, they were so-so to start, but they sure as heck did not uh, go 4-8-1 and one in a month. Um, and who knows? Like, I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, 17 games in March. It feels like they hardly ever have a day off, and if they do, they're literally just trying to recover and sleep <laughs> if they, not, and not work on as much. It's just a weird, weird year.
0: It is. And, and you know, you, you mentioned a couple things there about the, the, the disparity on the start of games, and that goes back to what I said about the snowballing. The fly like the other night, the Flyers get down four nothing in the first period. That it's a snowball effect. It's one, it's two, it's never just one, it's two and three and four, and goals with five seconds left in the period. Like Sharon Govich's goal to me last night changed the whole game. That changed the whole game because not only does it make it a two goal game, but it's a soul crushing goal with five seconds left in the period. And you know, and then you look. You look, on the other hand, that earlier in that period, the Flyers have two golden opportunities shorthanded. Couturier hits a post. Hayes misses the net when P.K. Subban fell down and sent him on a breakaway. And then you give up a goal with five seconds left. I mean, look at that swing right there. That, that, those are the kind of things that win and lose games. They change the complexion of games. And they really change the whole mental aspect of a game because, as I said, they're just crushing goals.
1: And Elaine and Vigneault has said it and Chuck Fletcher has said it. They they like the the personalities and the and the makeup of this team in that, in that regard. Uh, Chuck Fletcher did say, I don't believe the makeup of our group is right right now. We need to fix that because uh, we don't have the, the right makeup. I thought that was pretty um, eye-opening that they, you know, I think that tells you Chuck Fletcher thinks he needs to go out and get some help here at the trade deadline. We'll discuss that uh, very shortly. But, Um, I think the guys in the locker room want to win. I think it's a good group of individuals that care. And I think we saw that last season. Uh, But right now I just think pressure is really high and it's, and it's getting to them in a weird year where, yeah, you maybe you can't get away from it as much. It's more taxing emotionally. And when you're not playing well and the pressure's on in a city like Philadelphia, everyone knows it's not right right now. And you got to go out there and make it right. I just think you see in the starts of games, um, Sometimes, you know, they're just not playing well. It's not like they don't care and the effort's not there. They're just making mistakes, and you can tell pressure's mounting, but um, it will lead to more pressure filled games. Uh, this is the NHL. It's, you know, it's for big boys, and um, the Flyers need to find a way to get it right. Uh, they have four games left in March before April comes. And uh, as we all know, April 12th is the trade deadline, and we'll have to see what the Flyers do. How will their approach be going into this trade deadline? And, Joe, that brings us to our cold brew check presented by Duncan. Joe Fordyce, is this team buying or selling in your mind come April 12th?
0: Um, I, I think you can do both here. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, the, when you're heading into an offseason where there's going to be an expansion draft, so I think there's an extra layer to certain things. For example, if you take, if you take on a contract that has more than a year left onto it, you know, you're, you're talking about, okay, who are we exposing to the expansion draft? Um, so that's, that's a factor. Uh, but, and and then everybody, things don't happen in a vacuum. So other teams know what you're going through. So it's not like teams are going to line up to give you all the goods and not ask for, you know, something in return. So, um, I think they have to be careful because uh, we've talked about this on a previous podcast. Um, we, a, a guy like Matthias Ekholm, you go get that guy when you think you're on the doorstep of something special. I don't know that anybody watching this team thinks that they are right on the doorstep. They, I think it's more like they're on the doorstep of the playoffs. Yeah. I think an Ekholm is a guy you add to a team that when you think you're on the doorstep of the Stanley cup final and challenging for to win a championship. I don't feel like that team's here right now and I don't think one guy puts you there with this current makeup of this team.
1: Yeah Joe you mentioned something I, I don't envy any general managers right now I just don't because you think about it they have to read right now their teams in much smaller sample sizes um, so and and act and they have to act off of smaller sample sizes in a shortened season so You just don't have the runway to evaluate that you would typically. Uh, And then you have to throw in the expansion draft, which is a major, major factor. Because if you look at a guy like Matthias Ekholm, he's got one more year left on his deal. So if you went out and got him, paid the price to get Matthias Ekholm, you say to yourself, okay, you know what? We get Ekholm for the stretch run this season, and then we get him for next season. Um, And then we can decide, hey, at that point, you know, do we want to go out and resign him? So on and so forth. This year, it's just totally different. You get Ekholm for a rental, and then you have to worry about protecting him in the expansion draft. And the Flyers are debating, well, we have three really young defensemen that we need to protect in Travis Saneheim, Ivan Provorov, and Philip Myers, or you can go a different route of protecting, I think, it's, I think it's, is it eight skaters, I believe? And so you could do maybe four defensemen, but then you risk losing a young forward. Um, it's just th- th- that those are the complexities of, the expansion draft and this shortened season for general managers. It is not easy. I don't envy their positions at all. Uh, and that tells me, yeah, if I'm the Flyers, I'm just not thinking about Matthias at home. If, if, if they were on the doorstep of doing something special, sure. You go out and you, uh you say, Hey, the time is now. Let's get that slam dunk um, and hope for the best and, and be willing to sacrifice. But I really hope the Flyers are judicious. I hope they don't, they don't try to mortgage the future for a guy. I want them to go out and get help because I think this team can make the playoffs. And I think you want to see if they can. But I, I really wouldn't sacrifice much here because um, you just wonder if Chuck Fletcher's in the big, 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 big picture. He's yeah. thinking next year. Next year, maybe we can have it somewhat of a more normal offseason where we can go out and get some help. And then next year you have Claude Drew in the final year of his deal. You have Sean Gatori in the final year of his deal. You get Carter Hart in hopefully a normal season and another year under his belt. You get a lot of your youthful pieces um, a year older. Um, If if it's not happening this season, be careful. Don't jeopardize the future for it uh, because it's a weird year. And right now the Flyers aren't in a great spot. They're not in a very um, ambitious spot. So – uh, yes, the rest of March I think will be telling. But uh, Chuck Fletcher did say he does not think they're sellers right now, um, and I and that, good for them. I don't think they need to be retooling or uh, rebuilding or anything like that. Uh, they do have some trade assets though, and uh, we'll see if they add. But uh, yeah, yeah John, I, I, I think
0: there's one, and and the name Ryan Ellis, another Nashville defenseman that's been his name's been floating around out there. And you know, that, again, what's the price for him and Ryan Ellis has played a lot on their top pair with Roman Yossi mm-hmm. and, you know, Roman Yossi's one of probably the five best defensemen in this league right now. So I always am a little wary, like how great is, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but what I'm saying is you, can, I don't think you can get a player like Ryan Ellis and expect him to be a number one defenseman when he, is used to playing with a number one defenseman because he's that's not his role. His role is to play with the number one defenseman. And I think, you know, you had a little bit of that situation with Matt Niskin in here last year, he was a guy that was good enough to play with the number one defenseman, but then you add that extra pressure of him being a number one now. And I think the expectations could be a little too high. So I would definitely be wary of how much you're giving up for a player like Ryan Ellis. Um, And again, teams know your situation. So that's an interesting name though, to keep an eye on. Um, I like his game. I think he's a a good player, Um, but you have to determine overall what's the, what's your goal uh, when getting a player like that. And, you know, ultimately is it, ultimately, is it worth it? Uh, based on what you have to give up. And, and you know, I, I don't think uh, Nashville's not having the season they expected. So I don't think that they're looking to give away players. I think they're looking to get things back, you know, get assets back so that they can bounce back quickly in the seasons to come.
1: Yeah, and I think the Flyers will really be in the market for those those rentals. Those rentals that can be UFAs after next season, guys that you can you can get by maybe just giving up a draft pick. And you see that. You see a lot of solid – like solid defensemen that are acquired for draft picks. Um, I, I believe Eric Gustafson last year went from Chicago to Calgary, I believe for a draft pick, I think a mid round draft pick. Uh, you look at what the Flyers got. Uh, they got bottom, uh, bottom six centers and Derek Grant and Nate Thompson for draft picks. Essentially uh, Nate Thompson, uh, Derek Grant, I believe was a prospect and, and um, a more of a minor league player, I think. Uh, and, and a draft pick. And then Nate Thompson was, was a draft pick. So, you can get quality guys like that that can improve you by the margins, give you a shot at the playoffs, and then you go from there. But you're not you're not mortgaging the future, and I think the Flyers don't want to do that, especially with the year where right now through 31 games they have regressed, they have taken a step back, and they're um, they're looking like a borderline playoff team right now. They're hoping to get in, uh, and that's a, that's a year I'm not sure you what they really want to uh, mortgage the future for, but. That was the cold brew check presented by Duncan. This season, be sure to grab a cold brew for game time because where there's hockey, there's Duncan. Well, Joe Fordyce, a very active time right now for the Flyers. Uh, games are coming and going like crazy. The general manager just gave his midseason address, um, and uh, the trade deadline is right around the corner. So we'll have plenty to talk about, but as always, great chatting with you. Thanks so much for being on with me, uh, and we look forward to watching pre- and post-game live on Thursday before the Flyers play the Rangers, their latest game in March. A special thank you to Ben Berry, our podcast producer, and Flyers fans, as always, thank you for listening to the latest Flyers Talk podcast presented by Great Railing. Wherever you get your podcast, please rate and subscribe, and we cannot wait.